You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Good morning. Welcome to the show wherever you are in the world. It is the 5th of May, Friday the 5th of May, Kentucky Oaks Day, Eve of the Run for the Roses, Eve of the Guineas at Newmarket as well, Eve of the Coronation. An awful lot going on this weekend. Since I last spoke to you yesterday, there have been three horses come out of the Kentucky Derby. They are the Japanese second string Continuar, also out Practical Move, the big hope for California, and the most newsworthy horse that has been scratched is Lord Miles. Lord Miles is trained by Safi Joseph Jr. Safi Joseph Jr., as you heard on yesterday's podcast, is the trainer who was responsible for two horses who, independently of one another, suffered sudden death on the racetrack during the course of the last week. Yesterday, Churchill Downs released a statement that read as follows, a further statement to add to the one that had come out the previous day. Churchill Downs Incorporated announced today the indefinite suspension indefinite suspension of trainer Safi Joseph Jr. until further notice. The suspension prohibits Joseph or any trainer directly or indirectly employed by Joseph from entering horses in races or applying for stall occupancy at all Churchill Downs Incorporated owned racetracks. CDI's decision follows the highly unusual sudden deaths of two horses trained by Joseph at Churchill Downs Racetrack Parents pride on Saturday and chasing Artie on Tuesday. Lord Miles, trained by Joseph, has been scratched from Saturday's 149th running of the Kentucky Derby. Given the unexplained sudden deaths, we have reasonable concerns about the condition of his horses and decided to suspend him indefinitely until details are analysed and understood, said Bill Mudd, President and Chief Operating Officer of CDI. The safety of our equine and human athletes and integrity of our sport is our highest priority. We feel these measures are our duty and responsibility. Safi Joseph himself gave a a, a lengthy interview last night to the Thoroughbred Daily News, after which he spoke to me, and this is what he had to say. I mean, apart from the horses, the horses are the most important piece of the puzzle. That's hard enough to get through that, and then um, we had to go through all all our tests to try to get some kind of answers of what happened, Uh, and then so far nothing's come back to give us an answer, and the commission in um, in Kentucky has done their their research so far, and they've, they've found no wrongdoing on our part so far. Uh, and obviously we're waiting for the necropsies to see if there's is any reason that what, what what caused the horses. But here we are with Churchill coming out with a statement um, saying they didn't even, I met, I met with him this morning. I actually re- asked to request to meet them this morning. We went through everything. And then this afternoon, they I get a call from the stewards asking to scratch the horses or they're going to scratch them. So I said, just let me get, t- tell the owners first. So I called the owners and I said, what the stewards requested. We scratched the horses with the stewards. I went over each one. The stewards um, basically explain there's nothing wrong, but we're just trying to be safe. And I and I, and I, and I, I agree with that. You know what I mean? Why, why not be safe and sorry? So we, we got that. And then finally after, Churchill releases the the, the press release saying, um, the first one saying basically the horses are scratched. And then they come up with the one saying I'm suspended for, for what? They so- haven't even notifi- notified me of anything. So just to be clear, the two horses that you've had uh, die in unexplained circumstances this week, Parents Pride on Saturday and Chasing Artie on Tuesday, they've done blood tests on those horses, but there have been no irregularities at all in those blood tests. That's what you, that's what you understand. Is that right? 
yeah, so what I understand is they, they, they did a predominantly, um, like, they, they opened the first one and, and they found like no eruption or like hard or anything like that. Have come out, yeah, but I haven't been informed of anything. They, they can't, the, the racing commission who's does the investigation. They were, they were in there this morning, and, he, and the guy told me everything you've done is right. Like you've done nothing wrong, and I, I, I was impressed at how you, how you, everything was organized, all the videos of each horse and each horse and basically that's what that's what he told me. You know what I mean? And presumably they've they've inspected your premises and gone through your veterinary records and all the sort of things you would you would expect in situations like this. No, most definitely, hundred percent. I mean, the, the commission, and as I said, there's no wrongdoing. Church has told me there's no, there's no wrongdoing. The co- racing commission has told me there's wrongdoing, and then Churchill have come out and, and, and basically put this out there to tarnish my name. I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's hard enough to as I said, deal with the horse and I'm not having the answers. That's the hardest part. Uh, I've run 3,800 plus horses, and I've never had a horse die in a race from 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 what, what, one of these unknown causes. We've had injuries, obviously. But you never had one of the, and, and the two back to back. You mean something's not right? So that's why we're we we send everything for animals, feed, um, hay, any supplements, any medicines, any oral medicines, and we've got some results back, and nothing showed up yet. I mean, and, and we continue to do our due process, and the commission continues to do theirs, and here is Churchill doing this, and it's it's kind of mind blowing. Do you? Do, do you feel that that this is significantly damaging to your reputation, Safi? Most definitely. I mean, most definitely. There, uh, I mean, uh, without, without a doubt, what what they're doing is crazy. I mean, there's no trainer out there that hasn't experienced death with horses. None. You know what I mean? None. And and to 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 have to go through this right now i mean it's hard enough to as i said when horses get hurt or injured or any death any death is indelible it, it hurts you, you know what i mean and, and and you're trying to find causes and reasons and here they have they, they've basically done this to you it's it, it, it's hard to swallow uh just got a couple i've got a couple more questions for you if if they'd said to you look safi um, you understand the predicament we're in here. We've got to be absolutely watertight. We've got to make sure that there's little chance as possible uh, of injury occurring again this week when the eyes of the, the public are upon us. Um, would it, would you have been happy to say, okay, I'll take my horses out, but then you know work with them, and you didn't have the you you weren't suspended as such, but you, you you'd been asked voluntarily to to take horses out. Yeah, but they asked me that, and they said they're going to do this or either or, and I said okay, let me tell the owners, and I'll, I'll take the horses. I took the horses out. That's the commission. The co- Churchill this morning told me the commission made the rules. Now, 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 um, now, now Churchill basically have made their own rule in that aspect. I'm, not, I'm sure Churchill put pressure on the commission to ask me to take the horses out, and I took the horses out, and then they still come around the corner and then hit, hit with, with, with a curveball. You know I mean? Um. It, 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 it's it's basically it, it's a radical decision um what can i say like and uh, um, it's their, obviously their their place but it's, it's not do justice um, trust, trust me that in that way and finally and and perhaps most crucially safi you've got your eyes open you've been in this game a long time you know that when situations like this occur there's an awful lot of speculation of conjecture about what these horses are running on are they running clean is this guy giving them something he's not supposed to be giving them can you reassure everybody listening now that these horses were were running on everything they were supposed to be running on and that there were no uh, performance enhancers or anything that could have contributed um to 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 what's to what's occurred 
Correct. These horses did not have any performance enhancers, did not have any um, any illegal substances. These horses, uh, they, they ran within all racing ju- ju- um, jurisdiction rules, basically. And, uh, and that's how our barn runs. And obviously my record is there to speak for itself. It's not, you compare my record to any trainer in the Derby, and my record's be the, 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 the top. You know what I mean? The record's there. It's not, the record is, is not hidden. So, and, and, and here we are. You know what I mean? Here we are. And it's a sad to see that this could happen in, in, in today's world. It's not right. I mean, maybe I have to be, I have to be the one to stand up for everyone eventually because change needs to be made. It's, it's not right. Um, and here we are. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's kind of un- unbelievable. But we'll get through it. We'll, we'll get through it and the truth will prevail in the end. All right. Well, that was Safi Joseph. Now, clearly this is a, a highly emotive case that is going to divide opinion, indeed already has divided opinion, and really is the, the last thing that the, the, the sport wanted, that certainly the owners of, of those horses wanted, and indeed Churchill Downs wanted, on the eve of of its most important day of the year. And this has already garnered you know, significant media coverage outside the sport, as you can imagine. And if you're listening to this in England or Australia, Bells will be ringing with you uh, of incidents that, that have happened before and around big races, Melbourne Cups and Grand Nationals and so forth. And, and you will be feeling this just as strongly, even if you're not familiar with the personnel involved here. And Jane Mangan is my guest this morning on on the podcast. Jane, you're looking at this from a, uh, a relative outsider's point of view in terms of the people involved and the institutions involved. So what's your what's your initial reaction to, to what you've heard there? Yes, well, I can take a view of complete unbiased because I'm just reading what's being printed. I'm listening to uh, Mr. Joseph and I, I'm thinking um, he has every right to feel a little bit aggrieved. I think it's a, a case where he's being suspended as a guilty until proven innocent approach by Churchill Downs. Now, again, I'm going to ask all of the all of the obtuse questions, shall we say, we know very little about the deaths of the two horses involved. Parents pride on Saturday, chasing Archie on Tuesday. My first question is a high, the highly unusual sudden death of two horses. So we don't actually know why they died. Um, my next question is if parents pride died on Saturday, today is Friday. Even if those samples went to the lab on Monday, I would imagine the results for parents pride's cause of death would be imminent, Nick. Um, look, the indefinite suspension of his license reaches. I understand that they had come to an agreement that he would scratch his horses. So I wonder why is it necessary to go and put out this statement out there? Um, and I know that the suspension will stand until the details are analysed and understood, but hopefully that will happen in a swift manner. It also doesn't help that he had Lord Miles, the horse that was supposed to be running in the Kentucky Derby, scratched because that gives the case even more uh, high profile. I suppose it's it's high up in the media anyway without having a horse scratched from the Derby. Both horses in in question, Parents Pride and Chasing Archie, were were owned by by the same man, Ken Ramsey, obviously a very high profile owner in the US. And uh, from from an obtuse and uh, an objective point of view, I just think this is a case of the man is being deemed guilty until proven innocent. It, it's interesting that the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission released a statement initially saying, 
for the betterment of racing, the health and welfare of our equine athletes and the safety of our jockeys, all horses trained by Safi Joseph are scratched effective immediately and until further notice. This action is taken after consultation with Mr. Joseph and includes Lord Miles, who was entered into the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and Kentucky is committed to being the global leader in safety and integrity of horse racing. We fully support the stewards' actions today to ensure the safety of our equine and human athletes. That having come from the commission with Safi Joseph's consent, I, I can't quite work out why Churchill Downs then felt the need to double down on that and suspend him indefinitely. Well, it, t there's a couple of th questions in my mind. The first one being but the between the first statement and the second statement from Churchill Downs, was there a miscommunication or was there a development in the case? And is it a case where you and I and Mr. Public maybe are not furnished with the whole uh, deck of cards, shall we say? Maybe there is something that we are yet to... Um, uh, find out yet to realize and and I wonder is it just because the wording of the second statement was so strong and so immediate and so firm that perhaps there is something about to develop and this is one of those cases that will develop rapidly over the weekend and into next week I hope it doesn't tarnish the festivities that will happen at the track uh, of course for the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby uh, tomorrow but it is one of those cases that I would imagine we might not have all the cards of the deck. And if we do have all the information that, that there is, uh, as things stand, and there's nothing conclusive coming out of blood tests and, and post-mortems, then the debate will continue as to as to how this has been how this has been handled during the course of the week. But clearly an extremely challenging situation for trainer and administrators alike. Uh, all right, Jane, let's move on to what's happening back in Ireland and England and particularly focus on Newmarket and the Guineas this weekend. Uh, you've had a chance now to see the full fields for both races, Saturday's Kipco 2000 Guineas and Sunday's Kipco 1000 Guineas. What are your final thoughts as we as we head into the weekend? Well, the confidence coming from Camp Ballydoyle as regards uh, August Rodan is only getting stronger. Um, himself and Little Big Bear drawn 12 and 13 basically on the wing. Uh, Royal Scotsman will be out there in 11. It makes it, um, it just, it looks like a very good 2000 guineas. It's unusual to see uh, Godolphin with their, both of their, their main prospects being double figure odds but that's uh, just the year that it is. Not like last year when they fielded uh, the top two in the market. Um, uh, I think the the two thousand is 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 a race to relish. Uh, I heard you speak about uh, is the triple crown still a thing yesterday with Lydia. I, I hope it very much is, and I hope after this year it very much is. Um, and let's see if he can do that. We just got the declarations through for the one thousand on Sunday. Uh, Chris Hayes dropped up in Tahira, the filly that really could be anything after what we saw in the Moigler last year. Uh, Mikhail Barcelona picking up the ride on Queen Me for Kevin Ryan in the Jabra Abdullah. So he also feels uh, dance in the grass, of course, for Charlie Johnson. Um, no surprises here, really. Frankie is on Lazoo. Kevin Stott gets on Mama's Girl. Uh, Oshin Murphy on Maj. And um, Meditate, of course, in there. We presume that Ryan Moore will be jocked up. Of course, the 11th hour declarations from Bally Doyle is not unusual. But they're the two main races. Big fields, 20 runners in the 1,000. Let's hope it's a fair run race. Yeah, who's going to win them? 
Um, I'm going to be a little bit boring. I, I am a big August Rodan fan. I think uh, he could be he could be very good. I, I have been for Royal Scotsman all the way along as well. So I think uh, Royal Scotsman will run a big race, but I think um, I think August Rodan will win. And um, again, boring, but Tahira looked exceptional last year, and I hope she proves that for uh, the Aga Khan on Sunday. That's my thoughts. What are yours? Uh, I I sort of hope Tahira wins, um, just because she looked so brilliant in the in the Moy glare. But it's such a big field that there are, are plenty of horses I could see running well. I think Morge, there's still a bit of juice in her price. You know, he wherever Meditate is, she's not going to be too far behind. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's got some very solid two-year-old form. She's had a l- glorious winter in in Dubai, and she looks to have really flourished there. And uh, I I just think you know, Sheen Murphy had the choice of two or three in here, and he's he's landed up on her, uh, and I think she could run a a bold race. Um, I don't disagree I, with that. If, if if you're talking about juice, I'm wondering why the Craven winner, Indestructible, the horse that was just behind Chaldine on two occasions last year in the Acom and in the Champagne. I don't know why he's 20 to one for Carl Burke. I think he's a very good horse. And um, I, I don't see why a course and distance winner should be 20 to one, particularly when the Craven is usually a good trial for the race. So yeah, there, there's big fields. There's definitely a bit of prices and there might be some surprises. You never know. Yeah. The, the one, the one at a, at a ridiculous price in the Phillies race that, that I thought was, you already mentioned her was half interesting is queen me on pedigree as much as anything else. It's that Frankel Dubar we cross. Uh, stepping up to a mile um, uh, for for a stable that have run big outsiders in guineas and they've run well before Kevin Ryan. I'd I'd be kicking myself if I don't have a fiver on her and she and she runs well. Yeah, well, I think I stood beside you at York when she just got denied by uh, swing along in the in the Lowther that uh, had Matilda Picot behind on that occasion. Matilda Picot, a, a big reservations about the mile, but she ran very well in the Guineas trial at Leopardstown. Uh, Ronan Whelan's going to travel across to take the ride on her. Um, I thought Queen Me ran perfectly well in York. She did as well in but she's never ran beyond six furlongs being by uh, Dubai out of frankly think the mile would be no problem may even improve her Mikael Barzlone I think is notable rider booking well one of the great privileges of uh, my working life so far has been to share quite a few well probably more than he'd like to remember broadcasts with Hall of Famer Jerry Bailey dual winner of the Kentucky Derby 93 96 sea hero grindstone Seems like yesterday, Jerry, doesn't it? Might to you, but it seems like a long time ago for me. <laughs> is that because is that after the riding you've had to slog it out with, with people like me in these, uh, in these broadcast trailers? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things I do remember. I, remember. I remember almost every bit of each Kentucky Derby I won, but there's a lot of races I, I don't remember because it's been a long time. It seems like I've been a broadcaster all my life. I do, I do wonder how jockeys approach the Derby because I don't think there's a race as unique in any racing jurisdiction relative to what they do for the rest of the year do you see what i mean maybe i don't know maybe the Grand national in england for jump jockeys or something but there is something very very different about the adrenaline of it the rhythm of it the pace of it yeah you got to slow it down you, you really do in your own mind I, I listen the first four or five derbies i rode i was so nervous i was weeing down my leg seriously oh yeah 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 um and then there was a period of time to where you know it was anxiousness but it was in a positive way and then the last five or six seven years i rode i was so calm walking in the starting gate you know um just because i've been there so many times but it's a race that you cannot plan for and i was a planner 
I was just uh, a strategic type rider. I had two and three and four plans for each race that I rode. And in the Derby, you just simply can't do that because there's too many horses, too many variables, too many things happen early in the race. So let me ask you this. Did you ever lose a Derby by over planning and overthinking it? No, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes in my career, but each Derby I rode, I got the maximum amount of my horse out of my horse. And I don't really believe I made any tactical errors. And in fairness, that's borne out by, with no disrespect to the two Derby winners you rode, they were extremely good horses but neither is going to go down in the pantheon of history as great derby winners no it listen it takes a lot of luck you not only have to have the best horse going into the derby but you have to have the best horse on that day he has to be up to it and you have to have a tremendous amount of racing luck at least in my opinion how you know watching on as an observer as a as a seasoned broadcaster now you've probably done 20 of these on the telly haven't you this is my 18th yes Um, do you see the race differently now to how you did when you were when you were in it I see it exactly the same way. I view it. I, I, I plot it the same way. I know, at least I think I know who's going to be forward, middle, and back. But knowing that those things will change. Listen, I had a philosophy in, in the Kentucky Derby. You can never be early in the race, mid-race, where you want to be. If you're about where you want to be, then that's a big victory. And in terms of the, of the atmosphere, which is, is unique, to what extent as a sports person do you get affected by that? Do you get adrenalized by that? Well, you have to block it out as a rider. You know, once you're riding the race, you can take in all the atmosphere before the Kentucky Derby. But we ride other races. We ride many other races throughout the day that keeps us occupied and keeps us in that race riding mode. Um, But once you get on the track and they play my old Kentucky home, the chills will go down your spine and you can't help but react. But after that, you've really got to lock in on exactly what you need to do. Have you found since being a pundit on the race that you normally get it right? No, I, I almost never get it right, uh, trying to pick a winner. That's how hard it is. Um, I'm close sometimes, but uh, no, I don't, I don't get the winner that often. So we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, or Thurby afternoon, as it's now known. Uh, and the, the picture is constantly evolving because there's horses being scratched left, right and centre and also eligibles drawing in. We saw the also eligible win at huge odds last year. Notwithstanding all of that and what might unfold, as you see it now, who's going to be coming to the fore when it really matters? Um, so, look, I don't think any of the scratches have affected the way the race will unfold early. Uh, I, think, I think Forte is the most accomplished horse in the race. He's way more accomplished than anybody else, but he's not an overwhelming talent. I think the most talented horse in the race is Tappet Trice. However, he has obstacles in his way in the form of he gets away from the gate slowly. He has no acceleration, really, or below average in the middle of the race. So he has to find himself probably going pretty wide. That's his challenge. Derma Sotagake. I don't know to what to make of the, the Japanese either. horse. He could be great. He, he could win by five. I don't really know. Um, so there, there's four or five or six other horses, like two fills, who just won on synthetic. And if he runs that race, he wins. He beats everybody. But maybe he's just a synthetic horse. I don't know. There's, there's a storyline for about six or eight of them. And Randy Moss and I, my colleague, were just sitting down and we picked 12 horses that wouldn't shock us if they won. And all these storylines that we go through during the week, and this show is meticulously planned, it's brilliantly produced, it's a, you know, it's a great privilege and honor to work on it. But, you know, I don't remember us thinking heavily about a, a DQ in 19 and a, a what might happen in 21, let alone a COVID year with only two people and their dog here, and last year when the crazy rich strike won off the also eligibles list. There's always something. Even if the totally unexpected does not happen, it's still a sporting event. And sporting events are full of surprises. 
And when you put animals involved, you have 20 horses or 19 or whatever it's going to be with 19 or 20 jockeys with 19 or 20 different plans, most of them overlapping and opposing each other. How in the world can it not be crazy once the gate opens? Especially when there's 160,000 Kentuckians going nuts. Uh, Jerry, thanks so much for your time. Looking forward to the show. Okay, thanks, Nick. All right, that was Jerry Bailey. We're back to Kentucky in a moment, dotting between the the two continents here. Jane Mangan is back with me. And Jane, we need to keep people up to speed with a development that is um, tangential to the Ronan McNally case. This involves trainer David Dunn. He got a two-year suspension as part of the, the McNally case, which he has appealed. What's happened? Yes, so David Dunn was uh, listed as the trainer of all class petrolhead and full noise uh, for uh, involved in this case. And he didn't appeal the findings of the case. He did appeal the severity of the sanctions. And you mentioned the, the, the sanctions being a two-year suspension with the last 18 months of those uh, suspended and, of course, a fine of €5,000. You could get into the nitty-gritty. We did this. We covered this comprehensively. Um Sorry, findings such as that he conducted the training and running of his horses in a manner prejudicial to the integrity and proper conduct of of, of racing, uh, providing misleading information in a steward's inquiry, um, and manipulating handicap marks and, and a number of other charges. Uh, essentially, he represented himself. Uh, David Dunn represented himself at the appeals hearing. Uh, he was found in in the views of the appeals body that it cannot be said that the referrals committee, which was the initial hearing, was wrong in principle, uh, was unreasonable or was disproportionate in imposing the suspension um, of the training license for two years, nor was it uh, disproportionate, unreasonable or wrong in principle to impose a fine of thousand euro of five thousand euro. Hence, the appeal was dismissed. The one thing I did take from it was the costs down at the very bottom of the uh, IHRB press release. The referrals committee made no order as to the costs of the appealant. The IHRB seek costs against him in respect to the appeal should he fail. Uh, he has failed uh, in his sanctions imposed by the referrals committee. So they were of the opinion that normal rule costs uh, following the event should apply. However, in in view of the personal circumstances that he expressed to the committee, they were of the opinion that although liable for such uh, costs, that they would limit the sum to €2,000 and that they would delay the period um, of uh, the, the, the costs order for a period of 18 months. So there was... Uh, a small bit of um, leniency on the costs, but ultimately David Dunn has failed in his appeal. And now this takes a step forward to Rona McNally's appeal, which is due to be heard on Wednesday, April 19th. Thank you, Jane. Uh, back with more in a few moments' time. All during the last fortnight, last two weeks, we have been uh, telling you the stories of some of the horses that are going to run, and still are running, in the Kentucky Derby. One of those, fingers crossed, is Ray's Kane. He's an outsider, but he's an interesting outsider and certainly no more fanciful than, than last year's winner at, at, at the corresponding stage. He's trained in Kentucky by Ben Colbrook, to whom I spoke yesterday. It's his first runner in the, in the Derby and asked him just how big a deal it was. Well, it's a ma- major deal. Um, you know, I'm a, just a kid. We've grown up as a kid in central Kentucky. You know, you watch the Derby every year and you, you know, kind of dream about how cool it would be to have one in it. The kind of to, to make it is, uh, 
it's just uh, kind of a shock to be honest and is it is it redolent of the of the progression of the yard as well the progression of the barn over the last 12 24 months yeah i mean you know i kind of i got off to a pretty good start when i started training and you had some good horses pretty much right off the bat and then you know, I had Nick's go, and you know, kind of there was kind of some lean years in there. But no, it seems like we're back, back rolling again. Nothing really changed. It's just when you have a you know medium-sized barn, you know, you don't have the numbers, and you know, you don't have the you don't if you make one mistake, it's a lot more obvious in a smaller barn than if you make mistakes when you got 200 horses. It's just kind of the the modern era. I I, I don't think I'd do well training those kind of numbers, so I kind of try to stay in my my zone. I like to call you a boutique trainer. <laughs> I like that. I'll can take can it. you cope with that? Yeah, I can cope with boutique trainer. Yes, sir. Yeah. This is quite a good horse. Or we know that already. Yes. What are the chances he could be better than quite a good horse? Well, I think uh, I don't think we've seen the best from him yet. I tell you that. Uh, you know how high the the ceiling is. You know, I don't think anybody knows. The most positive thing for me for him is his mental aptitude. Like he just schooled in the paddock here. He was like no problem i got this you know the crowd nothing didn't turn a hair and it's hot you know so in a 20 horse field he's already been in a 14 horse field with a loose horse obviously the rain could if it does rain it doesn't look like it probably is but if it does it could move him up Mm. but i just think that uh no i don't think we've seen how good he is how good he is i don't even know but i think that uh there is improvement and uh to there and i think we'll see an improvement but he's got to improve a lot to be honest yeah he ran behind a couple of these in the in the trial race in uh, in keeneland yeah in the bluegrass bluegrass. okay but came from way way back yeah he was a little too far back and that was probably my fault because i we already had the points and i told joel you know i said look just take back but make one run it's the kind of horse he is but if there's no pace you might have to be a little closer but i think you know he, i think the positive of it is it saved us some horse for saturday because he was coming at the end and you know irad was in front of him and he was kind of weaving in and out and and joel could never get by i think with a cleaner trip we're third i wouldn't have mattered we wouldn't have beat the other two but we'd probably be a little shorter price on derby and maybe be a little bit more of a talking horse but uh, that doesn't really matter to me you, like want, you, 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 you want last year's race all over again, don't you? You yeah, want a yeah. massive meltdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, a, I want a fast pace for sure. And if it's a slow pace, he can be a little bit closer. I think, you know, with Forte to the inside, if it's a pretty easy for him, for Gerardo, just follow, you know, follow uh, Fyrell Irad. He's a pretty good guy to follow around there. Is it reasonable to suggest, though, that at this stage, well, there might well be a superstar in there, but we're not quite sure if there is who it is. Absolutely. I mean, maybe it's just because I got a horse in the race this year. But to me, just looking at the race, I think it's as wide open a derby as I can remember. But uh, that, I might be a little biased. And you've got you've got to keep everybody living the dream for your owners. This is a, a huge moment. Yeah, and, and they're they're look they're big boys. They know the story. They know where that we're in. You know, we're going to be one of the longest shots on the board. But uh, you know, it, it kind of no pressure. And it's just a big deal to be here, you know. And that's that's what everybody's having fun, enjoying it. And uh, you know, it's a lot of people train for their whole careers and never get a horse in the derby. So when when Nick's go won at the Full Stars at Keeneland when you trained him, mm-hmm. wasn't that without your first Grade One win? First and only Grade One win. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was, interviewed you after the race. Yeah, and he was a little bit of a long shot that day yeah. too. So. You know, I joke that my farm's named Longshot Farm because you know I've, I've won some big races with some prices, so maybe we can do it again. You never know. Well, I'm hoping I can bring you a bit of luck. I like it. Yeah, Nick Luck can bring luck. Top man. Cheers, Ben. Good <laughs> Thank luck. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. Good luck to Ben Colbrook in the Kentucky Derby with Ray's K. Now, after this classic weekend, we'll be building up to the next 
Classic Weekend in the UK, which takes place on Epsom Downs at the beginning of June. And we'll have the Derby and Oaks trials all during the course of May at Chester and York. York, I think, is atop nearly everybody's list of, of bucket list venues. And we've got a special offer here on the Nick Luck Daily podcast. It's um, Wednesday the 17th of May, which is the first day of York's Dante Festival. It's a cracking day's racing. And you can go uh, to the Grandstand and Paddock for just £12. £12, that's a reduction in the admission price by over 50%. £12 for Grandstand and Paddock admission to York on the first day of that Dante Festival. You can do that for a group of up to five people. It expires on the 8th of May at 4 o'clock. So Monday at 4 o'clock this expires. And just go to York's website, buy your tickets and use the code NLDYORK. It's limited to one order a customer. No other offer may be used in conjunction and subject subject to availability while stocks last. And really at that price, they oughtn't to be lasting too long. Okay, well, the Tattersall's Guineas breeze-up sale has now concluded. The joint top lot for 200,000 guineas was a Zoffany Colt who was consigned by Cormac Farrell, who's with me now. Um, Cormac, uh, it sounds like you're, you're driving, so I'll, I'll keep this quick, but I'd imagine you've, uh, you've got a spring in your step this morning. Yeah, Nick, yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, great. Um, uh, you know, it's a huge team effort, so I'm, I'm thrilled for everybody, really, like that, because I'm, I'm just here with, heading up to see a few more horses gallop and stuff. And, and all the guys, they're just, they're a great team of guys that work for me, and uh, it's all down to them, I have to say, you know, Rory Cleary, Paddy Hayes, plenty of guys with me, and I just feel like... I owe them uh, a lot. They're, they're great to, to guys to work with, so really I'm pleased for everybody. Tell, tell me a little bit about the Colt and, and how you came by him in the first place. Uh, yeah, um, so uh, I bought him in uh, Ferry House Part 1 in Ireland um, in September. Uh, Jimmy Rilton had him. He was a very raw, backward-looking yearling, but fantastic uh, athlete and uh you know a lovely german pedigree and, and i've had a bit of luck with some nice german pedigrees and uh they're tough and you know uh this horse's pedigree has great depth to it and uh jamie liked them a lot and uh yeah i ended up getting them for fifty-five thousand euros I, I think it was at the time I, I was pushing the boat out but you know for what he was like you know it, it was it was money well spent obviously it, it, it certainly was. Congratulations yesterday, Cormac. Thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you very much, Nick. Appreciate it. All right. Well, time to check in with our friends at Racing Welfare, supporting racing's people. And applications are now open for five stable staff races during Racing Staff Week. And Racing Staff Week takes place between the 24th of June and the 1st of July. It's a brand new format. To tell us more, here's Racing Welfare's Chloe Martin. Chloe, hi. What can we expect? Hi, Nick. So, um, yeah, really excited to have five stable staff races as part of Racing Staff Week this year. So that's our, our flagship event. Um, there are flag- flagship events for Racing Staff Week this year, really about celebrating all of the people that work behind the scenes in our lovely sport. Um, and really, this is such an incredible opportunity for those stable staff to take part in racing, you know, something that they potentially wouldn't be able to experience. Um, And so, like I say, five races, and they're up and down the country, uh, Air, Chepstow, Newbury, 
Nottingham and Newcastle. So plenty to um, uh, choose from to take part in. Um, so previously we've put on one or two races throughout Racing Staff Week and they've been oversubscribed. So this year we thought, right, let's put on five races. Um, there's you know, 12 runners per race, so 60 places up for grabs for stable staff to take part. Amazing opportunity. Um, and really just uh, over the course of the week, celebrate those people that keep our sport running. Chloe, thanks so much. Now, the important point is if you want to apply for a place in one of these races or if a trainer, if you're a trainer and you want to nominate one of your stable staff for one of the races, go to www.racingstaffweek.com forward slash stable dash staff dash races. Racingstaffweek.com forward slash stable dash staff dash races. Now, you might not know that it's the first World Pool Day in the UK this year. Uh, Jamie Hart joins me and will be joining me through every Whirlpool Day just to preview what you might be looking for to get a bit of an edge. But Jamie, it might just be worth very briefly, very briefly reminding everybody what Whirlpool is. Yes, so very simply, uh, the biggest days racing around the world is when all of the totes around the world get together and put all the money from their totes, because we all bet on those races, into one big pot. So instead of having lots of smaller pools, you have one big world pool. And of course, you can bet into it through the tote uh, in the UK and on course. I think somebody said to me the other day, they, they didn't realise that the, the tote on course went into the world pool. But of course it does. And there should be about £27 million in the pools tomorrow at Newmarket, a great eight race competitive card. Uh, so there will be plenty of money generated for UK racing off the back of it. All right, Racing TV are running a King of the Swinger free-to-enter competition on every World Pool Day. This is this invites all, all sorts of puerile humour. But you can win quite a lot of money here. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just an interesting one because out of the, the biggest bet, betting pools on the day, the Swinger is the biggest pool on, the, on each of the races. They call it the Quinella Place in Hong Kong, but it's where you pick two horses to come in the first three. There is, there's going to be over a million pounds in the pool in each of the races at Newmarket tomorrow. It's called the Swinger, so you pick two out of the first three. The competition is the King of the Swinger, so if you want to be the World Pool's first ever King of the Swinger, Racing TV are running it, so if you, you go to their website, website you'll be able to you'll be able to do it on the day just pick two horses in each race and if they come in the first three whoever ends up with the most points and the points are equate to the the dividend you know the payout for the swinger in each one you'll win a grand of tote credit so if you do want to end up being the first ever king of the swinger in the uk then play with the racing tv's game it's just an interesting way to get into that bet and also if you even if you're just looking at the racing it's a bet worth looking at because there are there is a million pounds in there so just pick it's picking two horses to come in in the first three places the swinger mm. don't don't google king of the swinger otherwise you'll be probably given location of houses with pampas grass outside but anyway that's a different story uh, how are we going to play the 2000 guineas the native trail Cariba situation last year is a little bit of august road now little big bear going on what are the value angles do you think it's there, it's, and it's very interesting this, and we've seen this over all of the world pool. Is when a when a trainer has a second string, a perceived second string, the the Hong Kong market, and the international market, absolutely discounted. So it is very similar. Last year, Native Trail and Caribus 
Appleby had the first two in the mark in the in the betting, and Caribus just was not liked at all. So, so and Luxembourg was the third in. They came first, second, and third in in the Caribus native trail Luxembourg. So the first three in the betting came first, second, and third. Um, if if Little Big Bear. Uh, comes out on top. You can expect Little Big Bear to be much, much bigger on the tote on the whirlpool than than uh, it will be with the S- in the SP. Just for example, uh, Caribas to beat Native Trail. The, the forecast last year paid ten pound ninety. The normal forecast on the whirlpool exactor it paid twenty five pound ninety. So you know, two and a half times as much. And the, and the first three you know in the betting in the tricast it paid 30 just over 30 quid on the whirlpool it paid 85 quid so don't write off just picking those ones at the top of it so chaldine i imagine i'm, I'm convinced chaldine will go off second favorite on the whirlpool uh, little big bear will be the drifter on there so if you do fancy little big bear it's definitely you want to be hanging around uh, the whirlpool for that mm. wayne lorden is not such a big name as ryan moore when you go international uh, no uh, and I do fancy him a little bit. Um, oh, uh, back to the old glory days of the Scoop Six. Uh, I, this takes me back to my, my Channel 4 days. We've got a big bonus hunter this week. We have, yes. Yeah, so there's, a, there's a, a Scoop Six winner. It's a William Hill shop near Parkhead. Somebody had a £2 straight line lo- last week, 176 grand. They stand to win another 114 grand, just under, if they can name the winner of the 250 at Newmarket. That's the, Her- the Six Furlong Heritage Handicap, which, interestingly, Summer Gand goes in that. Summer Gand... Uh, is, is has a world pool title to his name because at Summergan ran in four world pool races last year, which is the most of any run any any horse in Britain. So, a world pool veteran Summergan, perhaps he'll pick that for the hundred and thirteen point eight grand. I know plenty of the listeners will have backed Summergan last year in plenty of his victories. Okay, thanks to Jamie. Uh, Jane is with me and has a tip for you for today. So I know you don't really care about my American knowledge because it is extremely extremely limited but i will be f- shouting for an- two horses in in the kentucky derby derma okay. my uh uae derby rocket and um i think that angel of empire could run a huge race for the cox team as well uh but closer to home more realistic chance of winning is maui wowie in the 515 at cork this evening it's the polonia stakes uh, Maui Waui went to the line with Treasure Trove uh, over five furlongs of the Curra last year. The two of them reopposed. They both have Commonwealth Cup entries. But I just think Maui Waui for Gerlines and Colin Keane might just be the one to improve from two to three. Jane, thank you. Now, a little postscript to today's episode. I've got to say I'm quite pleased about this as well. When we spoke to Barry Marne from Judmont a couple of weeks ago about the horse that is currently one of the market leaders for the Kipco 2000 Guineas, I said, well, hang on a minute. Surely this Chaldean should be pronounced Chaldean or Chaldean, as in the people of Chaldea rather than the fictional village in West Berkshire, which doesn't exist. And he said, we're too far down the track now. Everyone's called him Chaldean. So Chaldean it is. So Chaldean we've been calling him. But Richard Hoyles has been in touch. And he, the ITV commentator, of course, and he uh, has had an email from Judmont apologising for their previous incorrect information, but their internal naming definition said, a member of an ancient Semitic people who were dominant in Babylonia. As such, Chaldean is what he will become. And Chaldean is the name of the horse that Frankie Dettori rides in the Kipco 2000 guineas. And Richard adds, joins Medician and Corto Star as artists formerly known as. Yes, indeed. Uh, Medician was Medician, I think, or Medician for a while. And of course, well, Corto Star was just about everything. 
Kato, Koto, Kato, whatever. Anyway, um, he is now officially Chaldean. Good luck to Frankie Dottori. Good luck to you. However you're playing this weekend, either side of the Atlantic. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Charlotte will be back with you this evening with a roundup of some of the best interviews over the last week or two pointing toward the Kentucky Derby and the Guineas. And I will be rejoining you on Monday morning, bright and early. From Louisville, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.